COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Information about children with this disease is limited, but they are known to have had mild symptoms. Many organizations are responding accordingly, depending upon their area. It's best to stay home and away from others, especially when sick, and continue following healthy hand wash guidelines, covering mouth and nose and not touching your face or high-touch surfaces. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces regularly, and for more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. We're on the road with Mickey. We're gonna have some fun. Regardless of the rain or sun, our trip has just begun. So buckle up, let's go. We're about to start the show. And maybe if you like us, you'll see where else we'll go. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie. He's Mike. Welcome to our little corner of the podcasting universe. Hopefully you like the sound of our voices and you want to stick around for the show. Not that it stays in one place for long. I mean, after all, we are on the road with Mickey. So hop in the car and buckle up your skate belts because we've got an awesome adventure this week. Now a brief rundown before we get moving. First up, our roundtable talk where we'll discuss the main topic for this week, followed by some Disney trivia ranging from Disney history to a random Disney character of the day. Well, that's just about it. Everybody ready? Let's get this show on the road. Hey, everyone. I'm Mike, and she's Sophie. Hi. And we're on the road with Mickey. This is episode 17 for April 27th, 2020. And our feature topic this week is exploring Disney Springs. We thought we would give you a look at all the different options you have at Disney Springs and why it might be worth spending a half day or something or even a full day if you have the time on your on your trip to um to just explore it and see all the things that they have to offer but before we get into our feature topic as always we want to have our cheddar from the big cheese segment first and so let's get on with that sophie do you want to start us or you want me to go you go okay well the first item is just a reminder and we're getting close to the start time uh, just a reminder that we are going to be having a giveaway. It's our On the Road with Mickey giveaway. And we are um, pleased to announce that we're going to be giving away a Darth Vader Scentsy Warmer with a wax for it and a $25 Disney gift card. And that contest is going to run from May 1st through the 31st with the winner announced on June 1st. Sophie and I think that it's a really cool giveaway, and we hope that you guys get as excited as we as we are. There's going to be many ways to enter and multiple options for entering, so um, we just think it's just going to be a fun giveaway, and I, th- I hope it draws a lot of excitement towards the podcast as well as towards, um, you know, just everything Disney that we've been talking about, so um So the only people who cannot win are Cindy, Sophie, and myself. So good luck, everyone. We hope you win. Yeah. And then up next, what we have is something amazing. It's a new set of ears. And these are the Joe Road Mickey ears and are really, really cool looking. Those are daddy's words, but I happen to agree with them. And they're the adventurer ears. Yeah. So picture in your mind, because uh, obviously you're not seeing the the image, or maybe you've seen it online. But picture, um, picture the hat and goggles from the movie Up that Ellie and Carl Fredrickson um, wore. So picture that as Mickey ears, right? And right. that's kind of the that's kind of the idea of where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. And the ears also have compass stars in them. Yeah, so it's really kind of a cool looking thing. I'm gonna, I'll put an image of it up in the show notes online at ontheroadwithmickey.com, and um, and you can see it there. And um, I think I've also posted it before in the On the Road with Mickey group on Facebook, so you can check it out there as well. Who knows? That might just be my next pair. That might be, um, and also from some cheddar from the big cheese. This is rumor only. 
I don't have any confirmation, so I'm going a little speculative here, but it's it's exciting to think about. And the rumor is that Rise of the Skywalker, also known as Star Wars 9, may make it to Disney Plus on Star Wars Day. And Sophie, what day is that? May the 4th be with you. Exactly. I promise I don't have a lisp. <laughs> so... Oh, I think that's really cool if Rise of the Skywalker or the Rise of Skywalker appears on Disney Plus on May 4th. And I think um, I think that rumor, even though it's not confirmed, I think it's definitely in the thoughts of Disney executives right now. So definitely, I think think if it's going to make it quicker, sooner rather than later, it definitely will be appropriate to see it on Star Wars Day. And then last, Sophie, remember when we were talking about the um, baby zebra that was born? Yes, I do. Well, it turns out that they have given her a name. And her name is Asha, A-S-H-A. And it means hope in Sanskrit and life in Swahili. And I think that's a great name, don't you? I think it's an amazing name, and I have to wonder, it reminds me of this giraffe cam that Mommy and I follow because giraffes are Mommy's favorite animal, Mm -hmm. and it's April the giraffe and her son, Tajiri, which means hope in Swahili. So I wonder if, if those two were in the same place. I have to wonder how well they'd get along. I think they'd be best friends. Probably. Probably. And... And, of course, we won't know, but I think you're right. I think they would be best friends. So so that is all the cheddar I've got. Sophie, do you have anything else you want to add? None that I can think of. Okay. Then it is time to move on to our feature topic. And like I said before, we are exploring Disney Springs. And, you know, Disney Springs um, used to be, what was it, Sophie, Downtown Disney um, yes, it did used to be Downtown Disney, and yeah. it still is Downtown Disney over in Disneyland. Correct. It is over in Disneyland. But um, at Walt Disney World, it's now been renamed as Disney Springs, and it's got a lot to do. And I think um, they've been working really hard on upgrading the look of it and and to make it more... Um, more up to date as far as what you can see and do and eat and everything there. Um, and I think it's in part to be a competition with um, city walk, which is the um, downtown sort of vibe that universal has in downtown Orlando. So I think that these two are kind of um, competing against each other. And this is, um, this is just one of the things that, that Disney's doing to try and compete with Universal on that. Um, there there are definite differences between the two. City Walk is a much more of an adults type um, type environment, you know, with more bars and cover charges and things like that. Um, whereas Disney Springs is a lot more geared towards the family. So so what we're going to be doing in our in our discussion today is Sophie and I are going to be talking about three main areas to uh, focus on with Disney Springs. And they are our dining options, our shopping options, and our entertainment options. And we don't have a comprehensive list on on our notes of every single dining restaurant and every single shopping venue and And things like that, because a lot of them, you can just go to their website to find out. But we're going to talk about some of the things that we think are really a lot of fun um, and things that you might want to check out as part of your day there. So um, so why don't we start? Take it away. Sophie, what do you want to talk about first? Well, since the dining options are up here first, and also I realized that you might might have missed one because I'm looking at it right now. It's called the Boathouse. Ah, go ahead and put it in. Uh, yes. Well, tell us a little bit about the Boathouse, Soph. 
Well, the Boathouse is a seafood restaurant, and it's a very, very nice one, too. It's a table service one because Disney Springs follows the same dining plan-ish as the rest of the parks do. Yes, they do. So we have quick service, table service, and snacks. And the Boathouse is a table service restaurant that is right out on the water because Disney Springs is actually on the side of a lagoon or at least a giant lake and it serves seafood as i said and the reason that i think of about it a lot is because this is actually the restaurant that jagan my friend and i we went for her birthday the last time we were there in november yeah. and this was where we had her birthday dinner and it's always a huge experience whenever we're having a birthday dinner with Jagan over in Disney World because, well, one, she lives in California, so she doesn't have a boathouse restaurant in California. Exactly. And two, she and her family also have some allergies that need to be dealt with, and the boathouse deals with them amazingly. Exactly. And um, for those of you that are interested in thinking about eating there, just and you have the dining plan, just a word of note that the Boathouse is a two-table service credit restaurant. So um, that's because it's classified as a signature restaurant, so signature dining. So it's two-table service credits if you wanted to use credits to eat at the Boathouse. But um, but like Sophie said, it was a lot of fun, and it was great food. And um, it was. And when I say they handled the allergies amazingly, I mean they handled it amazingly. Because yeah. not only is Jagan allergic to gluten, she can't have wheat, but her mother is also allergic to shellfish. And this is a seafood restaurant, and neither of them got sick when we were there. Exactly. So. You know, and that's that speaks a lot towards um, Disney and how well they take care of their guests when it comes to allergies. So um, if you have an allergy and you want to eat at any Disney restaurant, then what you do is you let them know that you've got an allergy and the chef will actually come to your table and talk to you about what the allergy is. And then say, okay, you've got this allergy. Well, you can't have this and this, but you can order this, this, or this, you know. And they will, they'll make absolutely certain that that is prepared in a special section of the kitchen, so there's no cross contamination. And they will, um, they'll serve it uh, separately, usually first, um, so that there's absolutely no um, chance that. It can be, um, you know, mixed with something that that could be harmful to you, as you are, um, as they're being served. So, so it's it's totally, you know, kept to the nines, and it's and Disney does a really really good job of of taking care of all that. So, so yeah. So any any guests or or, or people that are thinking about going to Walt Disney World with with allergies, just know that Disney does a super good job about taking care of all that. Um, so that's just, just a little side note. Um, you know, there's some other dining options that we've got. And one of the ones that I really like, um, and I've only been there the one time, was the, I think it was the Cooks to Dublin, wasn't it, Sophie, where where Mommy oh. and I met up with, with you and Jagan and Randy and Sheila that's um, right, it was, and I had the best fish and chips there ever. Oh, I know, and that's and I was looking at the menu and seeing the pictures of the fish and chips, and I was like, holy cow, that sounds so good right now. Yeah, um, I think we actually shared a basket, didn't we? Yeah, I there think is we a did. lot there. Yeah, and um, Cooks of Dublin is right near Raglan Road, and Raglan Road is the table service um side of of the pub and the restaurant but i think cooks of dublin is the quick service side so you can just walk in and you can yep. order i think almost the same menu um don't yes, know for yeah. certain but um 
I do believe you can, but either way, I would definitely not complain if there was some differences. Yeah. Because but, I know exactly what I want, and it's on that menu. Yeah, but those fish and chips are so good. They so are good. very good. Yeah. So some other locations. Sophie, do you want to give us one, or you want me to read another one? Well, the one that I know of best among the last three that are here would be the Rainforest Cafe. I don't know much about the T-Rex, or if I do... I haven't been there in a while. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the Rainforest Cafe. And Go it's like, it. it's very similar to the one that's outside of Animal Kingdom in mm. that there are a bunch of wildlife decorations all over. It's basically like you're sitting in a diner, but the diner is a cave with a bunch of plants and animals in it. Yeah, exactly. And and that's a, a common theme for the Rainforest Cafes, but it's cool that you can do that. And um, and the food, I, I always thought the food was pretty good. So I will, um, you know, it's on my list of ones that I enjoy eating at. It's, it's, um, it's not strictly, you know, it's not like a, it's, it's not like a Disney run as far as that goes, you know, you're, it's not something that you can only get at Disney, but, um, but we don't have any here in Raleigh where we live. So, so it's not like, you know, we can go there any day of the week and, and eat at rainforest, but, yeah. um, but right next to it in down in Disney Springs is T-Rex and we have eaten there once. Um, and they've got a similar vibe, you know, Rainforest Cafe is more focused on the rainforest, obviously, based on the name. And T-Rex, obviously, is focused on dinosaurs. But they're side by side, um, if I remember correctly. And T-Rex has um, a lot of theming towards dinosaurs. And so it's just a lot of – it's a fun – fun atmosphere you know and that's what makes them good this you know they have good food and they have a fun atmosphere so yeah they do and then the last one that we have on the list is um daddy the last one we have is the earl of sandwich and i i like it because it's a quick service you can just hop in you can grab get yourself a sandwich and have a seat there or carry it with you or whatever. Um, it's good food. It's um, good sandwiches. And um, and it's just, it's a quick and easy way to get a, um, to get a bite while you're there, you know, and it's quick service. So, um, so you don't need to worry about reservations or anything like that. But um, we've been there a few times. Um, I've been there with Cindy and Sophie. As on one of our last days, we were there, and we went down to, to back then it was downtown Disney. We ate there, um, and I've been there with um, with some of my fellow Pixie agents, um, and ate there, um, you know, when it's Disney Springs. So it's good food, you know. It's just a quick bite, and, and it's an easy way to get some to get some nourishment in. So um, yeah. And, so that's all we got on our dining options. But like we were saying, that's just, it's not a comprehensive list. There's a thousand other options out there probably. And maybe not that many, but close, right? 64. 64 options. So we've covered six. So there are a lot left to talk about. But, um, yep. But including Vivoli de Gelato. I mean, El Gelato. And I haven't I haven't been to to most of these restaurants. So yeah, neither have I. But it's got a picture of an ice cream bowl on the on the, its website. So yeah, yeah. One thing um, that you might want to keep in mind also is what is it, Sophie Amaretz? Um, how do you say it? Amaretz, Amaretz. Um, it's, oh, Amaret's pat, Patisserie? Yeah. Patisserie? Yeah, something like that. 
And that is a place where you can order a cake to be delivered um, to a Disney Springs resort. Or you can pick it up and carry it wherever you want. So oh, if you're yeah. looking if you're looking for a um, place to to have a birthday cake made for for someone or a special celebratory cake, then that's an option as well is to have it done there. Um, and they yeah. um, they limit their deliveries to only Disney Springs restaurants. And um, but like I said, if you have the time and the ability, you can also pick up the cake and then take it wherever your your meal is or whatever. So um, so that's an option as well. But um, but that is one one aspect that we have used and we used it for a birthday cake for Jagan. So um, so and it was really good cake. So, yep. And we got the Mickey character cake, didn't we? Um, it was a little bit different because it was gluten free. So it wasn't like the standard Mickey cake, but, um, yes, but, but it was still. good though. It was still mm-hmm. good. So, all right. So moving on, um, I've listed some of our shopping options. We have, um, a series of notes that we, that we refer to and, um, and you know, like, like the dining options, the shopping options is not comprehensive either. So there's a lot of, a lot of things. And these are some of the ones that I know a lot of people are interested in. So, so Sophie, why don't you give us one? Well, upon of the list that we have, the one that I like the most would have to be the world of Disney because it is the most expansive of them all. It's kind of that huge all-encompassing almost all-encompassing shop that sells all the disney merchandise from clothes to jewelry to pins you name it it's almost always going to be there yeah and and you're right world of disney is a huge huge um venue there at, at disney Springs. so it's it's definitely um, got a lot going for it, and there's a lot of different areas to explore. There's clothing, and there's toys, and there's, you know, knickknacks and merch and things like that. That, you know, jewelry, perhaps even, and just a lot of different, different things. So yeah, that is a that's a big one to to check out if you're going to be at Disney Springs for any amount of time. Um, another one that. I'm interested in um, is the um, art of Disney. And I like that because, um, you know, there's so much incredible art that's related to Disney, you know, whether it's something that was done by an Imagineer or by Walt himself or, or whatever. And so, um, so having, um, a, a store where you can check out some of these things and see some of the art of Disney is just to me is really kind of cool to 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 look at and and imagine. And I think um, a few years back I had a I had a giveaway for a piece of art that um, that I got there and it was on the My Dreams of Disney blog and it was basically a drawing of or a painting or a picture of Walt drawing Mickey Mouse. So it was a lot of fun to to be able to do that and and to give that away. And it wasn't super expensive. I'm not I'm not, you know, at a point where we could, you know, throw $500 towards a a piece of art and give it away, but but it was cool to be able to to um, look at that and to imagine, you know, doing that. So so um, the Art of Disney is a store that I'm interested in. Yeah, and I really like it. And I think Uncle Randy would also love that store if some of the pieces in there weren't so expensive. Because yeah. Uncle Randy likes to collect paintings. Yes, he does. All right. So what else you got for us, Sophie, on the list? Well, this one is more geared towards little girls, but I specifically love it because I had this 
this experience once, but I had it in the Magic Kingdom, and that would be the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. And it's basically this place where you can go and you can have your daughters all princessed up, literally, and they can get their hair done, they can get makeup, and it's just a fun little experience for any little girl to have. And um, I'm sorry. Did you want to finish up, so? Oh no, go on. Okay, I was gonna say, and in fact, you can also um, do this for your for your sons, um, where they can be made up like a prince or a pirate. So, so they have that option as well. Although, obviously, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique caters a lot more towards the little girls, I think. But um, there's three locations at Walt Disney World for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Like Sophie said, there's the Magic Kingdom, there's Disney Springs, and you can also um, have a session at the Grand Floridian. So, oh, so that's, really? yeah, that's a new new one that just opened recently. Ah. So, yeah, so the Bibbidi Bobby Boutique, you do need reservations. Um, it's a it's a um, reservation hold only. Excuse me, my throat's kind of scratchy. Um, uh. It's um, it's a hold only, so you you have a credit card hold, but um, but you don't you don't have to select which um experience you want. You can decide when you get there, and um, and you pay at that time. So, um, but moving on with our list, there are a few others. I have a couple that I wanted to talk about. One we don't do so much anymore, and that's pin trading. You know, there um, there was the Disney pin traders, and we used to be really big on pin trading, didn't we, Sophie? Yes, and I don't know what happened to my lanyard, and I'm kind of sad that I lost it in my room, but... Ever since I went to California and I realized that they didn't do pin trading nearly as much as they did in Florida, it kind of just, um, well, went away for yeah. me. I think we kind of just outgrew it a little bit. Um, I've got some pins that I keep and I've got a collection that I like, but I don't really do a whole lot with them. Um, mm-hmm. I have some on my on my Mickey Safari hat that are permanently affixed there. So it's kind of cool that way. But um, but if you want to check out pin trading, then the Disney Pin Traders store at Disney Springs is a place to check it out because they have a boatload of different pins and they've got all sorts of different um, you know, things to, to enhance your pin trading fun. So it might be worth checking out. The other place, if you are looking for a little sweet, is to check out Goofy's Candy Company because that, to me, is a great place. If you have a sweet tooth, if you want a lollipop the size of your face, then you can find it at Goofy's, right, Soph? Yes, you definitely can. Trust the five-year-old little girl who begged and begged and begged her parents for a lollipop. Yep. And um and they have a ton of things at Goofy's Candy what Company. Was it six year old. It was probably six year old at that point. Yeah. But anyway, so so what else do we have on our list, Sophie? Well, we also have the Star Wars Galactic Outpost and the Star Wars Trading Post, and I was actually not aware that those were in Disney Springs. Yeah, I wasn't either, you know. It was kind of interesting when I was scrolling through. Um, you know, we're, we found all of this information. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier, but we found it at DisneySprings.com, which is the website for the shopping venue. And um, and it, it breaks it all down for you. So there's a lot of great information beyond what we've got um, for you there. But um, but I didn't know those were there either. That it's two different stores. Um, the Galactic Outpost, from what I saw online, is focused on jewelry and accessories. Mm-hmm. 
So that'd be more up your alley. Um, but the trading post is more up my alley because it's focused on toys. And you know how you know me, Seth. Can we get a droid? <laughs> you can get a droid at Hollywood Studios in Galaxy's Edge. Um, oh, but not there. I don't know. I didn't see a place to get a droid in there, but but maybe you could. I don't think so though. I'm thinking it's they're reserving that to just Galaxy's Edge. But I don't know. Okay. So maybe go check and look. I'm looking right now. Once I find it. And then the last thing, you look at that while I talk about the last thing on our list for shopping. And that is um it's a partnership between the T-Rex restaurant and Build-A-Bear. And it's called Build-A-Dino. So for the little ones in your life that love stuffed animals, um, or maybe for the not-so-little ones, like Sophie loves stuffed animals, right? Um, yes, I still have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. A few. Six, six shelves of plushies in my room. And yeah. not all of them are on those shelves. Yeah. So for those that like stuffed animals, maybe you'll want to build a dino. So build your own dinosaur. Um, it's by Build-A-Bear Workshop, and it's at T-Rex. So that, I thought, was kind of fun. And I think for um, any of our listeners with children, small children, or grandkids, or anything like that, this might be something that's right up their alley. So, so just a little fun. Um, a lot of different things you can do at um, Disney Springs, and we are done we've talked about our dining options some of the dining options and some of the shopping options and now we're getting into the the longest part of our list um because it kept going and going and going and that's our entertainment options so um so there's a lot to, to cover in this section and i think um if you've not been to disney springs i think you'll be kind of amazed at all the different things you can do so yeah. Sophie, I was what's... certainly amazed with all the things that you came up with. Yeah. So why don't you start us off with the first one on your list? Well, the first one that we have here is the Cirque du Soleil and their new attraction or show is coming. Well, is coming in spring of 2020 or it would if Disney were open, but it's called Drawn to Life. Yeah, and that's a um, that's a production that's done by Cirque du Soleil in partnership with Disney, I think. So I think they they worked on it together, and I have no idea what to expect there. But um, and of course, Cirque du Soleil is a paid venue. So if you wanted to see Cirque du Soleil, then you would have to get tickets to to see it. But that Drawn to Life show sounds really interesting to me. Yeah, it is. It sounds amazing to me because just looking at this picture, you have a guy that's dressed as a pencil and it's amazing and he's coming off the page and then you have Peter Pan who's also coming off the page and then you have Steamboat Willie who's in another page but he's not yeah. coming off just yet and it's amazing and personally, if if I had the ability to buy tickets and go see it, I might just. Yeah, because it's it's right up your alley, right, Soph? Yeah, and we haven't seen Cirque du Soleil, like, right. ever. No, we haven't. It's one thing at Disney we've never seen. So, um, so yeah, it definitely is one. Um, now, next on our list is the... Um, big helium balloon and it's called aerophile and um it's a tethered balloon and it and when it runs is based on conditions such as wind and so forth but it goes up as high as 500 feet in the air and it, it is a paid attraction at disney springs but the tickets are are reasonable i think they're maybe 12 to 16 dollars maybe 20 dollars a person so um, it's not a huge, huge um, budget breaker, 
but it is um, a paid attraction, so you would have to pay. And it runs um, when it's able to, you know, based on the weather, it runs, I think, from the morning all the way through like midnight. So you can you could see it in the daylight and see the views. And it's because you're going up so high, you're able to see a lot of different um, views of the Walt Disney World Resort. Right, Soph? Right. Because Sophie has actually done this with um, with Mommy. And did you do it with Stephanie? Um, I do not think we were able to do it with Stephanie. If I did it, then the last time I did it, I think I was... It was like, you. Then it was you and Mommy. You and Mommy, I know, have done it. I, I thought Stephanie yeah. was with us that trip. But, I um, think I was seven. Yeah. But I don't. I I did not do it. I actually chickened out, and I'm kicking myself because okay. um, I want to do it. Like Soren at the time. Yeah, I want to do it, um, and hopefully we'll be able to do it at some point. But um, but it's it's um, it's really kind of cool. So, and with it being tethered, it goes straight up and it comes straight down. So um, yeah. and, and it just gives you great. Um, an opportunity for great shots of the different parks and things like that. So I think it's worth trying out if you if you're interested in it, it might be worth trying out. Um, and now moving on to our next one, Sophie, what do you got for us? Well, the next one I've got is the Splitsville Luxury Lanes, and that's basically a bowling alley. It is a bowling alley. And um, but it's a it's, very nicely decorated bowling alley. Yeah, it's it's about a couple of years old, so it's been there, but not a long, long time. Um, and um, and it's just got a lot of you know a lot of fun, you know, because bowling is always fun anyway. But when you're bowling at Disney, it might be even more fun. I, we haven't done it because you know, to be honest. Um, when we're at Disney, it's about being at Disney, and to me, um, going bowling is like something we can do back home. So, yeah. Um, so for me, it's not something that that's all that um, at the top of top of my list anyway. But yeah. I don't know. I don't but know. What about you, Sophie? A, they also have a dining room, which is a reservation restaurant. Yes, but they've got a dining room attached to it. Mm-hmm. They do, and that's not uncommon because you want to be able to eat while you're bowling, and so they probably make a um, make it a package of, you know, let's go bowling and have some dinner too. So. Uh huh. All right. Well, I think we're gonna skip this next one because it's got so many. So we'll come back to that last. How about that, Sophie? Yeah, I think that's um, the best thing to do. Okay, so. I want to talk about The Void, and The Void is a virtual reality studio. It's called The Void Step Beyond Reality, and um, it's located right next to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, and um, and this is a it's a virtual reality studio, like I said, where you can choose one of two shows that you want to um, participate in. And one is Star Wars Secrets of the Empire, and the other is Ralph Breaks VR. And um, and it is so cool. I've done the Secrets of the Empire one, and what happens is um, you put on some equipment and, um, and some virtual reality goggles and things like that, and it really does take you into the atmosphere as if, I was in the Star Wars environment. And so uh, oh yeah, Secret, wait. Secrets of the Empire is about um, you being a rebel and you're disguising yourself as a stormtrooper, Sophie. And the whole point of this of this disguise is to get close enough to steal back the secret weapon that Darth Vader has acquired. Ooh. And it is really, 
cool. I mean, you'll feel the heat from the lava. You'll feel your your heart rate accelerate in the um, in the tension. You'll shoot at um, other stormtroopers when you're discovered because you've got a phaser, and and it's just it's just really cool. So um, if you are able to do this, you can be in a party up to four people um, in part as part of your you know your your team. And um, if you're able to do it, it is so cool to try. I'm just saying, it is so cool. So. And it sounds cool too. Unfortunately, I had almost interrupted you because for a second I thought you were talking about Ralph Breaks VR, and I was like, um, Daddy, there's no, there's no Star Wars and Ralph Breaks the Internet. No, there isn't. But um. But yeah, I haven't done Ralph Breaks VR. When when I did the Star Wars, um, the Ralph one wasn't open yet. And and to be honest with you, I don't think I would be as interested in Ralph Breaks VR as I would um, the Secrets of the Empire. It's just to me, we Secrets like of the Empire is just it's just much cooler to do it. So um, it is a paid event. You have to pay for your tickets, and um, but it is. Um, it, it's about a 15 or 20 minute experience. It felt like from when you start to when you, um, get, you know, all the equipment off and, and finish up. So it, it, to me, it felt like it was worth it. And it's probably 20 or $30 a person. So it, there is a little bit of money outlay there, but, um, but it might be worth checking into if you have the opportunity once, you know? So. Yeah. All right. So what's next on our list, Sophie? Well, next, since we're not going to go in as much detail on Ralph Breaks VR, we have the Vintage Amphicar. Yeah. Now, what is that again? That is a boat car. Okay. So explain a little bit for me. So... By the Boathouse restaurant that I talked about earlier, there is also a landing that goes into the lagoon or lake or whatever body of water the Boathouse is on, but it's on a body of water. And what they do is they take these floating vessels, because I'm not sure how else to describe them. They Uh look like cars. And they can drive like cars for a few meters at least, but they are boats because they float and they do not sink and spring leaks. And <laughs> That's basically, good. Basically what they do is you get into the car boat and then a driver, a car boat driver, gets into the driver's seat and with a bon voyage, you drive straight into the lake and people will think that you are going to sink I did the first time I saw it, but you float and you go off for a boat ride into the lake. And I was like, I want to try that. I didn't get to, but I still want to try it. Okay. So it's on our list of things to do, huh, Soph? My list, which means that it's probably not top priority, but it's still on my list. It's on the list. The bucket Um, list. There you go. Well, one day maybe we'll try it out, okay? And we can record our experience and post it on YouTube. Um, So, but yeah, I I get it. It's it's something fun. And the time that we were going to try it, we were going to do it. um, Sophie and Jagan and Sheila were going to do it. Um, But it was Thanksgiving weekend and it was near dinner time. So it was dark already because it's, you know, in November. And if I remember correctly, it was a lot colder and windier. You can book tours from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily, so long as the weather is permitting. It's $125 a car, but it accommodates three to four people. Okay. So that's good information, Sophie. Thank you for sharing that. So there is some some price for that. Um, But I think if you have the opportunity... Just like a lot of these other things we've been talking about, it would be a lot of fun. But um, 
that takes us to our last bit of entertainment I wanted to talk about. And the reason I wanted to save this one to last is because a lot of these things are um, are free. You know, not I don't know that all of them are, but I think a lot of them are. And um, and that's our live the live music and entertainment that you can experience at Disney Springs. And it just for comparison, there are three, six, nine. I wrote down ten different places where you can hear some live music and and entertainment um, at Disney Springs. There's the Edison and Exposition Park, the House of Blues, the Paradiso 37 Entertainment, Raglan Road. There's Riverboat Square, the Stargazers, Sunshine Highline, and Waterview Park. And now, the marketplace stage. And the marketplace stage. Um, and some of those are just right out, like like it says, on a stage in, in the marketplace or on the patio stage at Raglan Road. So as you're passing by, you can stop and listen and, and sing along or whatever. Um, some of those, like I think maybe House of Blues or Stargazers, um, might be inside a venue where you might have to pay a small cover charge. I don't know for certain, and I didn't get into all the depth of that. But the the whole point of this episode was to give an idea of all the different things that you can see and do and experience at Disney Springs. So, um, and so that's just one aspect of it. But to me, it would be a lot of fun just to kind of meander around, you know. Um, and we haven't talked about it, and, and we're not really going to get into a lot of detail in this episode, but the the live entertainment and the live music that you have at Disney Springs reminds me a little bit, Sophie, of the, the entertainment that you can get over at the boardwalk. Um, yeah. Because it has an open, an open atmosphere areas as well at the boardwalk, and so I think that those are similar in nature. Um, so I think that's just a lot of fun. In fact, I almost for a long while, I thought that the boardwalk in was actually a Disney Springs resort, but isn't it an Epcot one? Um, well, yeah, the boardwalk in and the yacht and the beach clubs are resorts that are right between the boardwalk area is right between Hollywood Studios and the International Gateway for Epcot. So they kind of they kind of fit both. I think you're right that they're classified as Epcot resorts um, because you can walk a lot closer to um, get to Epcot. Whereas if you wanted to go to Hollywood Studios, I think you have to take the boat from there. But um, but you're right, Sophie. They um, they are they are Epcot resorts. So. Um, so yeah, and and so um, it's easy to confuse them. But um, as far as one last thing I wanted to say about um, Disney Springs is that the um, the lake that Sophie keeps talking about is actually um, a man-made lake that connects with the Sasagula River. And um, if you're not aware, the Sasagula River takes you upstream to the Port Orleans French Quarter and the Port Orleans Riverside Resorts. So if you are staying at either of those resorts, you are automatically have a boat access that'll take you to Disney Springs. Yeah. Or if you're visiting Disney Springs, you can take the boats, um, the water taxi up to either of those resorts. And if you take it to the French quarter, then there is a nice powdered dessert treat. Oh, um, goodness. Stop. You're going to make me hungry. You can stop and have, and what are those? What is that treat? Sophie? They are called beignets. And do you know when Mr. A's beignets food truck will be around next? I think it'll be around tomorrow. <laughs> well, then you know where I want to go for breakfast. Oh, yeah, we'll see about that. Um, just FYI, if you are in the Raleigh um, area 
and you are looking for a beignet that tastes as good as the ones um, in, in New Orleans or at the Port Orleans French Quarter, then go check out Mr. A's Beignets in Apex, North Carolina. It's a food truck, but he makes absolutely incredible beignets. And um, oh, they're so good. We've been and there once. Saying. And eh. soon enough, we will be there twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's that wraps up our feature topic. Is there any last information you want to share about Disney Springs, Sophie? None that I can think of. So I think it's time that we move on to our This Day in Disney History. Okay. So, Sophie, what do you got for us for April 27th? Well... I have got something very, very special because it's one of my favorite movies, and I know it's my best friend's favorite movie, Riley, and it is this. What is On it? April 27th, 1994, The Lion King, the original motion picture soundtrack, the original motion picture soundtrack for the 1994 Disney animated film, The Lion King, is released for the very first time. Okay. So, so it's the, not the actual movie, but it's, it's the, the movie's songs. Okay. Okay. That's still cool, though. So if you saw it in the movies and you wanted to sing the songs, then on April 27th, 1994, you could pick up your CD or your digital copy or whatever in 1994, and you could... Um, you could listen and sing along with the songs, right? And yes, you can. And it will become the best selling soundtrack ever for an animated film. An expanded version of the Lion King soundtrack featuring 30 minutes of previously unreleased material will be released 20 years later. Wow. So that was April 27th, 1994. So that is 26 years ago. Yes, it is. Okay. All right. Do you have anything else for April 27th? I do not. Okay. Well, that is very cool. And I love the music at Disney. You know, we've we've talked about the power of Disney music. And um and it and it speaks volumes to me. So um so that's really cool. And I am glad that we have the Lion King soundtrack on our i on our iPod. Um, because it's a lot of fun to listen to. So me too. Elton John is an amazing singer. Yes, he is. And there was a lot of great songs that came out of that that movie and that that album. So so yeah. So good good job, Sophie. That was a good choice for that day. So are you ready for my Disney Who's Who character? I am ready. Hit me with it. Okay. Well, I'm going to hit you with two. Ooh. So it's not the Disney Who's Who character. It's the Disney Who's Who characters. Plural. Hmm. And the I reason think... I'm going that way is because these, this, these pair of characters are um, inseparable, if you think about it. Hmm. So. And it, it all comes down to the movie. So, Sophie, do you have any guess? To the movie, you say? Uh-huh. It's related to a movie. Hmm. And here I was about to choose Chip and Dale. Oh. oh well, that would have been good, too. But no, that's not it. <laughs> Inseparable due to the movie. Yep. Hmm. There are two of them, right? Uh-huh. And they are as different as night and day. Ooh. Let me give you a hint or just yes, give it away. Please. You want me to just hint. go ahead? A hint. Okay. Well, one is domesticated and one is a wild animal. I want to say 
The Fox and the Hound. <laughs> Good job, Sophie. Wait, really? I got it? You got it. You got wow. it. Wow. I am not kidding you. This is, this is, we are, Sophie is at home and I'm in my office and she had no idea of what I was picking for today. But today I am talking about Todd and Copper from the Fox and Hound. So now, see, I hadn't seen that page. Yeah. Or pages. So I had no idea what you were referring to. Yeah. So Todd lives a carefree life with the widow Tweed. She adopted the little fox when his parents died and has doted on him ever since. Todd loves the widow Tweed, but he has more energy than she does and she can't keep up with him. And Todd tends to be rather mischievous. So whether it's knocking over the milk or annoying her cows, he's always causing trouble. And he can't help himself, though. He's bored, you know. But then he meets Copper. And the two should be natural enemies. But instead, they become best friends. Todd is a loyal friend. He would do anything for Copper, and he does, helping him fight off an enormous bear. Unfortunately, Copper's master is not a fan of Todd, and the two must keep their friendship a secret. See, Copper is owned, he's one of the two dogs owned by the hunter Amos Slade, the other's chief. Copper is meant to be a hunting dog. And so he has an excellent sense of smell. But combine that with his natural curiosity, because he's a puppy, remember? Mm -hmm. And that makes him prone to wandering off. And it is on one of those excursions that he meets and befriends Todd. Copper is a kind, loving, loyal friend. He loves nothing more than to play with his best friend. But as he gets older... He recognizes the challenge of a hunter being friends with his prey, and he eventually turns away from Todd. Although their friendship is later rekindled, Copper has grown up. He takes his job as a hunting dog seriously and knows the friendship will never be the same. So that's kind of sad, but... It's the reality of, of who they are. But um, here's a couple pieces of did you know for each one. So did you know, Sophie, that although Todd is usually shown as a baby in merchandise, he actually has more screen time as an adult? No, I did not. And the glove, gloves in quotes, on Todd's right foreleg is longer than the one on his left. I did not see. This is this is not a movie we know a whole lot about, is it, Soph? No, it's not. No, I, I haven't I don't, watched I, it before. I don't think I've ever seen it either. Might be worth checking it out on Disney Plus. It might be. And now a couple little pieces of did you know about Copper? And so did you know that Copper's name changes in foreign versions of The Fox and the Hound? No, I did not. In Spain and Italy, Copper is known as Toby. Hmm. I like Copper better, I think. Well, I like them both. They're good dog names. Yeah, they are. And did you know that The Fox and the Hound is based on a book of the same name? No, I did not. In the book, Copper is a coonhound slash bloodhound mix. In the film, he is just a coonhound. Mm-hmm. So, That's interesting. So good job, Sophie. Guess in the movie, you know? Yeah, I'm, I didn't I'm know impressed. I didn't know their names, but I knew the movie. Yeah. Um, So, good job. And that is my Disney Who's Who character. And lastly, 
but certainly not least, uh, we have our Walt Disney quote for today. And um, in this, for this day, we're focusing on Walt Disney's quotes for America. And he says, quote, actually, if you could see close in my eyes, the American flag is waving in both of them. And up my spine is growing this red, white, and blue stripe. And that's just a symbol. Um, That quote is just to remind us of just how much Walt Disney loved his country. And so I think that um, he's like a lot of other Americans. We love our country and we want to see the best for it. So I thought that was appropriate for today. That is appropriate, and I really like that quote. Yeah, me too. So, um, so that wraps us up for for um, on the road with Mickey for this week. So next week, Sophie, we're going to we got some options here. We've got um, we've got extra magic hours. We've got overlooked attractions. We've got um, our are a rundown on the different resorts that we've stayed at and which one we like best and um and any attractions that are no longer at walt disney world that we miss so which one do you want to cover i have to say that it would be amazing to discuss the way disney has changed so i want to go with the attractions that are no longer there that we miss okay and that's what we're going to do. All right, guys. Well, that wraps us up for this week. You heard it from Sophie. We're going to look at next week's topic will be attractions that are no longer at Walt Disney World that we miss. And uh, just a reminder that On the Road with Mickey is sponsored by Pixie Vacations by Mike Ellis and Tech Solutions North Carolina. If you have any computing or travel needs, reach out to them. Tech Solutions is found at techsolutionsnc.com or on Facebook. And you can reach Mike for travel needs at Mike at pixievacations.com or on Facebook at Pixie Vacations by Mike Ellis. Thanks everybody for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.